Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live, it is Buzzworthy Radio, where you can get the latest buzz on all your favorite shows and stars. Buzzworthy starts now. Hey everybody, this is John Driscoll from Young and the Restless, the new Philip Chancellor IV. You are listening to Buzzworthy Radio right now with Novell. Stay tuned for what's coming up, what's happening, what's going on, and what will be coming up, what drama to be expected on your favorite soaps. Listen in. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Buzzworthy Radio on this Thursday, 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 July 29th, 2010, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, here on blogtalkradio.com and on buzzworthyradio.net. I'm your host, Novell J. Lee, and I am very excited to be airing this interview with you guys today. Yesterday, I had the chance to sit down and have a chat with Eric Braden, who celebrated this past February his 30th anniversary of playing the Emmy Award-winning role of Victor Newman on CBS Daytime's number one rated drama, The Young and the Restless. And last year, he celebrated 50 years in the television and film industry. I'm pleased to bring to you this interview with Eric Braden right now. Take a listen. We are sitting here joined by the wonderful Eric Braden, who has played for 30 years. You just celebrated your 30th anniversary in February of this year. That's playing right. The, playing the Emmy Award, I have to emphasize that, the Emmy Award-winning role of Victor Newman on CBS Daytime's number one rated drama, The Young and the Restless. Thank you so much for stopping by with us again. It's a pleasure always to have you here. My novel, that is mine. Absolutely. Uh, last time you were here, we had we had spoke about the movie that you did, The Man Who Came Back, which I absolutely thought was fantastic in every every single aspect. In the not too distant future, are we going to see you probably do some more theatrical uh, films, or, or and not just on the screen, but are you going to be behind the scenes doing executive producing, directing, and all that stuff? Um, no, not unless the the model changes uh, that exists right now, uh, where you your fate is in the hands of some distributor. Okay. And I think most distributors are um, have a license to screw you. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yes. So um, um, the model right now for independent producers and filmmakers, and I think it has almost always been this, uh, is dreadful. In other words, yeah. you, you work your, your ass off in order to get a film done, uh, it was a great pleasure to do that, and then you hand it over to distributors, and then you're out of the loop. Yeah. Once you hand it over to them, they have control of it. And um, what happens is they buy a bunch of films, and they don't pay any particular attention to uh, what you have done, and uh, hence you become a number in a, in a in a group of films, and it sort of becomes meaningless. Right. Uh, furthermore, the DVD market has shrunk. Uh, so until and unless uh, independent filmmakers can distribute their own films via the Internet, forget it. I'm not going to touch it again. Right. And that, that's, that's a sad state of affairs in our business, but it is what it is. You did I all this work. I that most independent filmmakers don't make a dime on what they, on what they create. Oh, absolutely not. You, you pretty much you do all this work. You put so much time and so much effort into a wonderful project such as the film. Unless you, don't you get do a big studio film for Warner Brothers, Universal, Disney, they have their own distribution arm. 
Right. So they control that end of it, and you get your money up front. But as was the case with this film, you put in a lot of money yourself. <clears throat> you uh, rely on the good graces and, 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 and contributions of friends, uh, mm-hmm. and you then hand, hand it over to a distributor, and they do, as I said, what they want with it. And uh, that, that whole model has got to change in our business. Oh, absolutely. And you have you just now celebrated, last year actually, you celebrated 50 years in the film industry working with a lot, a lot of high-profile names in the business, such as James Earl Jones, Marlon Brando, uh, Betty Davis, Leonardo DiCaprio. And you are, again, you are one of the most well, well-known names not just in daytime, but outside of daytime as well. And playing the role of Victor Newman right now, what's going on in the show, you're working alongside Sean Young, who I, who I absolutely love and adore as Maggie on the show. Mm-hmm. Doing those scenes with her, what, what's it like working with her? Because I believe you worked with her previously, beforehand, before she came on to The Young and the Rest. Yeah, well, I hired her for The Man Who Came Back, and, uh, because I think she's a very good actress. Mm-hmm. And... Um, um, she was a, a delight to work with, and um, I had no difficulty at all. She was wonderful to work with. So um, there you are. One of the things I was definitely excited to talk to you about, again, because we did mention this briefly uh, last time, was uh, President Barack Obama. I definitely wanted to mention him again because tomorrow he will be on The View on ABC, um, and there's a lot of people that know that you 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 love the man, and, he, and he's getting so much flack right now because of the health care reform, and they're blaming him for absolutely everything that's going wrong right now in the United States of America instead of actually looking at what's right. What do you feel about President President Obama uh, right now? I feel the same as I always have. I think he's. Uh, I would I would vote for him again, hands down. Uh, what is happening right now, obviously, is is, is which we have known from the beginning is that the um, uh, opposition is, is after him no matter what. And um, uh, the partisan divide in American politics has become so obnoxiously uh, uh, rigid that there seems to be no compromise possible. And right. it is, it is, it is uh, to be honest with you, very unsettling to watch. In the old days, you used to have Republicans and Democrats who would be willing to look at, at a problem uh, objectively and, and make certain concessions and not just vote along party lines. That, that is, I tell you, that I think is the most upsetting uh, mm-hmm. uh, part of politics and what most people are sick and tired of. And right. With ideological bullshit, uh, uh, instead of looking at problems objectively and saying, how can we solve this? Nope, they vote according to party lines. And if there's a weakness in a democracy, that's a weakness, I'll tell you. Right. Uh, anyway, so uh, uh, my mind about him has not changed. I know that he, I personally have always wanted the Democrats to hit harder and uh, to become as visceral as, as the right wingers. And, um, um, you know, to constantly reiterate that we are in the mess we are in because of the last eight years under Bush. But right. um, partly. And then, of course, there are problems that both parties are responsible for, and um, um, they need to be solved. But we cannot solve them by constantly uh, not voting on certain things or voting along party lines. Nothing gets done. It's it's just a terrible, 
uh, a quandary we find ourselves in. And um, as long as you just have two parties, that's what's going to happen. Right. Uh, that's what I was just about to ask you. Where do you think the fault? Where do you think the fault lies as to what what is happening right now in in our government? Because you know you're hearing one side of it saying that yeah. you know if he's coming in and he's trying to rectify everything that George Bush yeah. messed up. I think and the then, fault, yeah, the fault lies in the fact that it started with in, in a sense with Newt Gingrich, who um, uh, ideologized politics mm-hmm. to the point where where it, there was no compromise possible. And um, we are now reaping the, the, the fruits of that. People on one side are saying that uh, Barack Obama is coming in trying to rectify everything that Bush has done. And there's a lot of things that, and then there's the other side where people are saying that Obama is making promises that he can't keep. And, and, and it's, it's very unsettling to hear that they don't have support in Barack Obama because stuff, this will take time. Everything that he has been mentioning will take time. It's not something that he's going to wind up fixing in a matter of a day or a week or an hour. No, no. But, to be honest with, but to be honest with you, that is very true, but he needs to remind people of that over and over again. In other words, it, 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 you need to remind people of it. You cannot rely on the fact that people read and, 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 and discern uh, what is truthful about a situation, what is not. They, they, they themselves can't. They need to be served that, you know, on a platter. And uh, because there's so much information and disinformation, uh, it's incredible. I mean, our airwaves are, are full of disinformation as well. Right. So um, uh, I think, uh, look, the fault always with the Democrats, I personally think their weakness has always been that they're not hitting back hard enough. And mm. They're not visceral enough. They don't get into the trenches enough. Uh, that was John Kerry's fault. John Kerry remained above the fray. As he put it, and and I said, you need to get into the trenches, right? And uh, hit back when accusation comes. You get right on the tube and say, wait a minute, that's not true. Such and such, such and such. This is what happened, and this is what has to happen in order for this legislation to pass, etc. And uh, just spell it out. Exactly. People don't have time to to understand the extraordinary sometimes mysterious ways of Congress. I mean, it's, it's, it's too difficult to understand. Simplify it and tell people um, where, for example, lies the obstacle on a certain piece of legislation. Right now, the energy policy. Right. That's tied to so much other bullshit, it's incredible. So now the Republicans are filibustering that, and, and nothing will be done, probably. So it's, it's, but you need to talk about that. You cannot leave that up to editorialists of various newspapers because most people don't read editorials. Right. You and know? they're going to misconstrue everything that they read anyway if they do. Have I should someone, say everyone, I should say majority. Have someone in the White House who knows how to simplify issues and say, okay, this is what's happening. Bing, bing, bing. And exactly. you've got to reiterate it. You can't just say it once. You need to constantly hit people over the head with it. Otherwise, it gets lost. It's funny. It's funny that you mentioned that uh, President Obama needs to come right out and just spit out everything exactly. This, this is what happened. This is what needs to be done. And I think that was one of the biggest mistakes he made was when uh, the BP oil spill, when that was um, first being mentioned on on CNN when I first saw oh. it, he came right out and said that what it, it was his fault. How is that his fault? Why are you taking blame for something that you had absolutely no control of, which is just going to basically put um, more of a backlash against you? Exactly. Instead, of th- instead of saying that this is your fault, 
which it wasn't. You should have just came out and said, this is what we're going to do in order to try to fix the situation or alleviate the situation. That was, that was the, the ministries. The ministry is responsible for, uh, for solving that problem, for overseeing the oil industry and their practices. They were deregulated under Bush to the point where they were nothing but spokesmen for that industry. I don't care how big the industry is, they need someone to oversee them. Someone who is hopefully independent. Right. You know, but it's it's but these things need to be explained. And why was Obama not down there immediately with not walking on the beach and picking up some sand? He is enough of a politician to know better. You gotta get in the trenches again. Go to a village, go to a small town down on the on the bayou and say, Okay, talk to the talk to the people who are affected by it. Exactly. You know, that don't don't be surrounded by other officials. Who gives a damn about officials? You know what I'm saying? It's it's it's. In other words, I don't under, quite understand the lack of that, of the sense for that. I don't understand it. I mean, this goes out in the airwaves. It's exactly. all about it's all about impressions. Before, let me tell you something. The, the weakness of intellectuals or people who are very bright lies in the fact that they understand it immediately. They understand the complexity of it immediately. Right. But most people don't have the time to devote themselves to it, so they, they need to be need to be told over and over again. It has to sink in, and it doesn't it doesn't sink in if you just say it once and then you're done with it. You have yeah. to keep repeating yourself in order for them to actually get it. That's exactly you're exactly right. And in that sense, you need to have more of a populist uh, vein uh, uh, in you in order to feel the need for that. I mean. The BP crisis was a perfect example. You know, you got to get down there, into the mud with the people who are really affected by this, in order to give the impression that you are on top of it. Not come down there with a BP official and some other uh, officials, uh, and mm -hmm. the governor of that state. That's all, all BS. Yeah. You know, be shown on television with the people who are really concerned, who are losing their livelihood. Anyway, well, that that basically brings up my other question about it: is do you think that they actually give a rat's ass? That's how I feel about it. Whenever I see these officials and and everybody else on the screen, because you're reading about uh, the BP uh, chairman basically taking a weekend as soon as the oil spill started, he's taking a weekend and spending it on his yacht and doing whatever ails him instead of doing whatever. But, any means necessary in order to help alleviate the situation or visit the people that have been affected by the situation. Right. He, he's vacationing on his yacht for a weekend? What, what's that about? And that's yeah, pretty I, much why I, start, I, that's why I start asking, do you really care about what's going on in your, in your country? Well, I mean, do I care or do they care? Well, who are you in a general consensus, do, do you think that they care um, about what's going on in their country? Let's not forget one thing. The executives of big car companies, big oil companies, live in a world of their own. You mm -hmm. understand? Yeah. Remember, remember when the when the when the car executives came to Washington D.C. to the hearings in their private jets. Now, how out of touch can you be? You understand? Mm. Yeah. So it's it's they live in their own world. I remember having a conversation with a car executive a number of years ago. And I just sort of, uh, at a function, I sat next to him and I said, so what do you think about smog? He says, hell, there's no smog. That's all liberal talk. Mm -hmm. 
Do you understand how out of touch these people are with the reality very often? Yeah. They go to their own country clubs. They, they fly their own private jets. They rarely are in touch with what normal people are in touch with. This BP executive couldn't have cared less. It seems like I mean, they're... It's, 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 but this is where, obviously, government needs to come in and needs to remind them that they have certain responsibilities. And obviously, this is not over with. This right. will go to the Justice Department. This will be probably adjudicated and, and, and who knows what. So this, this ain't over with. But are they out of touch? Yeah, very often they are. It just—it just also seems like they—they seem like we're too naive enough, or we're naive enough to not realize what's going on, uh, not just what we see on the screen, but also behind the scenes. But yet, there's there's people out there that actually do pay attention. They do know exactly what's going on. And, and then you must then you must remember the following: that these people who are executives of these various corporations are there mm-hmm. to save their own ass. They're there to save. Oh, absolutely. They are there to save their own positions and jobs. So that is their major concern. So what can they do, they think, in order to mitigate the damage against them? That's perfectly normal. Therefore, you, we must not do away with uh, oversight committees or, or uh, regulatory processes uh, uh, that see to it that these people are being observed, that we know right. exactly what goes on. All right. it's, it's, they live in a world of their own, and, and I understand that in a sense. We all do. Anyway. That's true. It, it just it just seems it's just they use the phrase it's all political to the point where it really is all political. They they're only there to look out for themselves and only themselves until it seems like people who shout long and hard enough that they're doing something wrong, that's when they go ahead and that's when they start to fix it. That's, right. that's just that that's just me looking from the outside in, but that's how I feel about it when I see it. Right. It just seems like, okay, you would have to say something like, all right, why are you not doing this? And you're just one person. They're not going to do anything. But then you get hundreds and thousands and thousands and millions of people who then will start saying the same thing. Then you want to fix it. Why couldn't you fix it before when this was going on in the beginning instead of wasting all this time? And then spending all this, all more money, more money now, later on, in order to fix the situation. Right. I don't think I'll ever understand it. I'm pretty much probably will uh, stop figuring um, how to understand it pretty soon, but it's just how this government works, and I don't know if it's ever going to change. But I don't know know how you feel about that. Well, I mean, the the point is that once you you go through the party ranks, I assume, you're beholden to the party, and you're beholden to those who, who finance your campaigns. Yes. That's, that's basically as simple as that. You're not beholden to the public, as it were. You know, only when it comes down to a vote. But you're most beholden to, to, to the party and, and to those who have furthered your career and those who have financed your campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why campaign finance reform, well, we now know what happened. The Supreme Court allows now corporations to to give unlimited uh, sums of money to, to, to political campaigns. Yeah. That's that's outrageous in a sense. I must say, I think McCain and, and Feingold were trying years ago to limit the amounts of money um, that could be given to to a campaign. I personally think that presidential campaigns, gubernatorial campaigns, there ought to be a certain amount of money allotted, tax money, and that's mm-hmm. it. No more. No more. Everyone gets so much, and that's it. 
because who wants to hear all that propaganda, all that bullshit yeah. that they flood the airwaves with? You know most of it are lies. That is true. You're exactly right. Anyway, I, uh, yeah. I do want to end on a lighter note. Because I just I just found this out not too long ago. I I knew you were a sh- um you did the shot put when you were younger. Yeah. I had no idea that you played soccer. Yeah. And, and I, I wanted won the U.S. Championship seventy two seventy three. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah. And I so, won the German Youth Championship at discus and javelin and shot put with the team that I was on. Right. And when I found that out, I was like, "What did you think of the World Cup?" Love it. You know, just loved it. Loved every moment of it. See, I didn't get into it until mm-hmm. late in the game of this year because I never watched soccer before, and then everybody said I need to start watching the World Cup. And that was intense. I've oh, never yeah. seen an intense game before like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It is It is often misunderstood, but there are more and more Americans who now understand it because their kids play, and there's a whole generation now that grew up playing it. So uh, uh, it, it's a great game, and uh, with enormous... Um, you know, demands on the body as far as conditioning is concerned. Um, Men's Health had a good article about that Mm. a month or two months ago about what is required of a a soccer player as far as conditioning is concerned. It's quite extensive. So, yeah, I loved it. And um, I think America during the next World Cup will do better than they did this year, although I think they did very well this year. Um... It's, it's they could have done better. I do want to pass this message on to you. This was from one of your former Wine Art co-stars, uh, Victoria Raud, who wanted to uh, say hello. And, Victoria, uh, Victoria is a wonderful actress. And, yes. Uh, uh, I personally am I'm, I'm sad that she's out of the show. She contributed enormously to the show. She's a very bright lady, and um, I have great respect for her. We love her, and uh, she definitely wanted to make sure that message got to you. You bet. Um, so I definitely wanted to pass that along. And by all means, sir, the door is open again. If you would like to come back, we would love to have you back on. This was very insightful. I loved it. Any time, man. Uh, all right. The next time we talk about the immigration issue. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We that's, need you in the White House. That's, that's pretty much how I'm going to end it. That's the funniest issue around. Yes. That immigration issue. Ooh. Yeah, because you've immigrated. Talk, if you quickly want to talk about that, I'll... Tell you what my take on that is. Uh, both Democrats and Republicans, for decades, have allowed the illegal immigration of, of uh, across the Mexican border uh, because oh, uh, yeah. they have provided cheap labor. That's as simple as it is. In other words, the the entire agricultural business here in, in, in California, which produces more agricultural products than anyone in America, mm-hmm. obviously have profited enormously from the cheap labor. That comes across the border. So all the all the big companies, all the restaurants, all the, the clothing manufacturers in LA, for example, everyone profits from the cheap labor. So we have, furthermore, you and I know that conditions in Mexico and Central America are often such that these poor people are prompted to come across the border. They go through heaven and hell in order to get here. Oh, absolutely. Why is, why is that? And why do we allow it? Because we didn't want another Cuba on our southern border. Yeah. In other words, if we had really hermetically sealed the borders to America, you would have had a revolution in Mexico already. You get my drift? I never thought of it like that of at course. all. Of course. It's a safety valve. 
We didn't want another Cuba south of our border. There would have been a revolution. All these disenfranchised poor people who risked their necks coming across the border did so because conditions were absolutely intolerable in their countries. So it's a safety valve. They come here, they earn some money, they send it back. Right. Don't for one moment think that that is not on a larger geopolitical uh, uh, field. That is exactly why we have allowed it. We have all been hypocritical about it. Oh, I really never thought of it that way. That, that just shows my own hypocrisy. Me never looking at it like that, that shows my own hypocrisy. That's, Hello. The, that's the reason. Listen, don't tell me for one moment that we can't close that border. Of course we can. We uh -huh. don't want to. We don't want to for various reasons. Number one, they provide cheap labor. We profit from it. Number two, we make sure that there's not a revolution in Mexico or Central America because conditions are so appalling there sometimes that these people are prompted to come across here. I mean, would you leave your country to go to another country and, and, and risk your neck doing so? No. Exactly. So the conditions must be horrendous in order for that to happen. Think about that for a moment. Anyway, there you are. i got to go. And um, Wow. Very nice talking to you. And let's do it again soon. Absolutely. Likewise, sir. Thank you very much. Be cool. Bye-bye. Be cool. Bye-bye. That was our interview with Eric Braden, who has played since February of 1980 for 30-plus years the role of Victor Newman on CBS Times, The Young and the Restless. For more information on past shows, upcoming shows, and other news features, log on to www.buzzworthyradio.net. Follow us on Twitter at Buzzworthy Radio, as well as our fan page on Facebook. For now, I am signing off. I'm Navelle J. Lee. Make sure you guys tune in on Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern, where we're going to be chatting with Alyssa Donovan, who's in the new NBC.com digital series, In Gale We Trust. Fans will remember her from the movie Clueless, where she played Amber, and then on the TV series for three seasons following the movie, as well as also appearing on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And I think... I'm not positive of this yet, but it looks like it may be leaning this way. On Also, Tuesday night, we're going to be chatting with Lisa Le Cicero, who plays Olivia Falconeri on General Hospital on ABC Daytime. More details will be following that shortly. But for now, I'm signing off, making sure you guys get the latest buzz with Buzzworthy Radio. We'll see you guys next time. Take care. Bye. Hey, this is Brandon Barash from General Hospital. You're listening to Buzzworthy Radio. I'm Jason Thompson from General Hospital. You are rocking it with Navelle on Buzzworthy Radio. Can't get enough of Buzzworthy Radio. Log on now to www.buzzworthyradio.net to get the latest news on upcoming guests, past shows, and videos of all your favorite stars. Keep getting the latest buzz with Buzzworthy.